is another Big Brain Media podcast. I'm joined by Blitztech, who's a little bit croaky today, a little bit uh, under the weather. Just a, just a little bit sick, yeah. It's not COVID. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I've been tested. <laughs> You're like, I got that going for me. All right. It's just a, yeah. a terrible cold. <laughs> yes, an annoying one. Today we'll be uh, just talking about some of the experiences we've had with uh, younger generations who are typically touted as being more tech savvy. Uh, and their lack of tech savviness because Slistech does work in IT as part of the education system, so he gets to see some of the derpy moments that uh, the younger people... Just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. It's, um, yeah, it probably surprised a lot of people um, what sort of things you see go on and how, um, I guess, that, you know, kids, well, not kids, but... Younger generation these days, younger than us, even though we're not that old, yeah, um, <laughs> just tend to not know the fundamentals anymore of how to, you know, turn on a computer or turn off a computer. Yeah, it's just things like that. It's um, it's pretty crazy, really. Which I, I um, liked what because uh, we were speaking about this the other day, and you mentioned something yeah. that I I found very sort of telling when you said that uh, your children will be the best ones in the class for using technology, not because they're going to be the smartest or you're going to like drill it into them, but because you'll teach them the basics. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. And I I think, I think that, um, I think a lot of what goes on is that they're trying to, well, the government probably more so than anything like SACE and all that are trying to um, really drill in, um, you know, as much, as much information as I can into all these classes and stuff like that. And they're almost like we're moving the time required to be able to, for the kids to be able to learn this sort of stuff. Um, I mean, not to say that there's not, they couldn't make time to teach them this, but cause the, you know, curriculums and stuff are so complex nowadays. Um, they, they've almost just scrapped the whole idea of, the basic IT courses at schools and colleges and everywhere, um, which I think is a big, you know, a, a big error on their part because we're making a, uh, I, I'll just call it a cloud-based generation where they just get given a nice little GUI dashboard and they think, and they can sit there and, you know, check some numbers and tick some boxes and uh, they think that that means they can, or even just, you know, they can be IT savvy by doing that. Whereas, you know, that's not really like IT is really about the, the fundamentals behind how the stuff like that works. Yep. yep. You know, not, 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 not just like, Oh, I've just gone to a HTML, like a website, you know, HTML five. Now you can make web apps and it's getting quite popular. Um, as far as people are concerned, they're apps and they just treat them as an app, but they don't realize that it's just, you know, a lot of time behind the scenes is basic IT. And I think you said you've had a couple of uh, scenarios where you've had uh, some moments <laughs> that uh, you've had a bit of a facepalm moments and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yes, definitely. One of the things that sort of shocked me a little bit was, um, so I work with a younger person now who, being younger, I sort of took as like they've been through school, they grew up having iPads at school and, you know, all of, like, you know, computers everywhere. Whereas myself, when we were growing up, um, that was still sort of, you know, it started off, they had like a computer room with 10 computers 
and that turned into yeah. 20 computers. And then we were so lucky because we had one computer to share between us all in every classroom. Yeah. It was crazy. And, um, yeah. you know, then you get these kids who have computers everywhere they look. So this person comes into the workplace and then absolutely shocked me by not knowing how to turn on that computer. Yeah, I know, it's it's crazy, isn't it? It's um, it's basically like what what's, what everyone's been taught nowadays is just what you need to do to do the work. Yeah, like not 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 what you need to do to get to the point where you can do the work. <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's 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 kind of like building a house without any foundation. You're just like <laughs> throwing concrete. You're literally just building a frame on top of dirt. You know what you know what the big bad wolf says about that. Yeah, that that's a that's a great <laughs> analogy though. Building a house without the foundation, it's fantastic. Because yeah. like uh, this particular person was doing something that I found really funny. They were trying to turn on the screen uh, because they didn't realize that the box next to it was actually a computer. And some people yeah. out there might go, "Oh well, baby, they've never used a computer with a tower type thing." You know, the last time I heard that was a ninety-year-old woman. 15 years ago doing that. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's yeah, yeah. never happened before, but what I am yeah. saying is that 15 years ago, the elderly were in the same situation that some of these kids are in now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not so different really, is it? Yeah, it's just a complete um, lack of understanding of how some of this stuff works. Whereas, yeah, the, you know, when we grew up, you knew what the computer part was. That was the bit that made all the noise and got hot and shit. And then you had the screen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if the screen had the computer part in it, well, it just made sense. That's yeah. the bit you turn on and off and, you know, that's the that's stuff right. that yeah. these kids sort of grow up and they're like, I don't understand what this is. So if they replace my yeah. computer, do I get a new tower thing or is it just the screen yeah. they replace? That's an actual question I had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. And, and it kind of goes back to like i think you were telling me this and, and like this is the exact same as what happened with me as well but you know when you when you were back at school you were you know b- back when was it windows 98 yeah. and before um used to when you shut down your computer it would say you're now safe to turn off your your machine yeah yeah and you know and you know, the teacher would wait for everyone to be at that same point and then tell everyone to press the button and turn it off yep right and now it's kind of like close the lid Mm, yeah, I like. I, I I get people come all the time, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I had trouble with my computer, blah blah." blah. Tried restarting it, you know. I'll try you know, turn it off and on again, all this sort of stuff. And then you know, like I go into Task Manager or whatever, and see the uptime, and it's like three months. <laughs> I'm like, "Wow!" You said you you said you shut down this computer and stuff. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah," and, and they're like, "Oh," I'm like, "How do you do it?" I'm like, "Oh, we close the lid." And then we turn open that up again. I'm like, okay, like that's that's not showing down your computer. Like, oh, what do you mean? Like that's what I've always done. I'm like, well, poor computer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, uh, yeah. And basically, I had to teach them, like, no, you go start, shut down, or you know, even for restarting, you know, start restart. Like, I've had kids kids come in and they're like, you know, I just said, I'll just reboot your computer. Like, oh yeah, okay, cool. And then just an awkward pause. And then they sort of look at me like, what do I do? How do I do that? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah. And I'm talking about high schoolers. I think the part of the problem is Apple and Google and all those other companies where they've created this um, instant on, instant off 
uh, like, you know, vibe with your phones and all that sort of stuff where that's what kids believe is, is the norm now. And, and a computer doesn't quite operate on the same wavelength. Yeah. I mean, obviously you get some computers now, like the M1 MacBooks and stuff that do, they, they operate essentially that way now. They're designed to be that instant on, instant off. Um, but most computers don't, and they take, you know, 15 seconds to boot up if you do a cold boot and sort of stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Like I, I, so I understand why they may, may assume that it's the same as like a phone. But even then, I mean, you talk to so many people, how many times do they reboot their phones? Yeah, that's that's actually, that's a damn good point. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you rebooted your phone, John? Um, probably last week. Okay. I, have, well, that's I have a habit of, cool. yeah. if I do an update on my phone, I wait a yep. day and then I reboot it. And the yep. purpose of that is that almost always, if there's an error on my phone, it's almost always after, just after I've updated it. So update, yeah. reboot, normally it's it's fine from there forward. It also means that every time there's an update, I can guarantee that I've given it a bit of a, you know, a, bit, a little bit of a refresh, you know, <laughs> shut yeah. it down, yeah. start again, just in case there's anything yeah. under the hood that's not quite right. It'll usually come yeah. back afresh. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I I try and usually reboot my phone once a week as well. It's um, people don't seem to think that realize that phones are actually advanced computers. Yeah, like you know, they're they're not like these things are more powerful than you know the computer uses to send the uh, what do you call it spaceship to Mars? Uh, not Mars, to, <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> yeah, to the moon. Something that like I find nowadays, which is funny is the underappreciation of the technology that we can now carry around. Like I'm talking yeah. phones, even smartwatches and, you know, very powerful tablets and laptops and stuff like that. Because yeah. I remember thinking distinctly to myself, I was sitting in the park in my town and I had my old flip phone, which was a, I think it was a third hand hand-me-down, um, the camera it was one of those flip phones with the camera you could spin to take a selfie, but someone spun it 360 oh, yeah, and broke yeah, it. Yeah, those old LGs, whatever they were. And yep. like this thing was not like it was not bad for the time. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but it still like completely, absolutely sucked compared to any iPhone that's ever been released, even the original one. This thing was very basic, yeah. and I was using the mobile Facebook site back then and thinking to myself. I wish they just put a web browser in this instead of some crappy yeah. little mobile web access thing that was, it was a browser, but it was like a browser line. And then yeah. freaking to look at my phone now, I'm like, this thing's basically a supercomputer compared to that old yeah. phone. And people are like, oh, yeah. oh, it's just a phone. I'm like this thing's more powerful than my first computer, like desktop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's probably more powerful than most people's at home computers anyway. Like a lot of people tend to hold on to old hardware. They don't. They won't. You know, some people get on the bandwagon of refresh, 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 but a lot of people don't. And a lot of people have computers for up to ten years yep. or more sometimes. Um, and so you think when you think about it, your phones that they've got is probably more than likely more powerful than their actual computer is. Yep, that's one of the things that like I always re remind myself is that my phone can edit 4K video, and I'm sure there's some tricks behind the hood that allow it to do that. But it can yeah. edit 4K video more seamlessly than my PC. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So it's insane the amount of technology they've packed into this, you know, little less than half a kilo brick. 
It's yeah. yeah, crazy. Yeah, but the but the but with that, like I said, like that, you know, companies like Apple and Google and that they make the GUI so seamless and easy to use, which you know is great. Yep. But it takes away a lot of the fundamental need to to learn how things actually work. Well, a lot of what I've learned of computers over the years is fixing stuff that typically I've broken. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, networking, yeah. for example, I might go in there and have a look at what router settings there are or whatnot. There's yeah. people out there that I'm sure don't even understand that a router has settings. Yeah. yeah which yeah. like is just basic technology as far as I'm concerned, the ability to change your yeah. Wi-Fi pa- password, for example. There'd be people yeah. who just have no idea how to do that. They just plug this yeah. little box in and if it doesn't work, they call someone in and pay them mega bucks to fix it. Yeah, and they wouldn't understand also how, how that even works, like how they even get internet yeah. through that box. Yeah. Like it's just magic, magic box. So I'd love, like if they had a, a class at school which was like the basics of technology, mm. I mean I, I can't see why they wouldn't but you did bring up a good point the other day of fitting it into the curriculum. Yeah, it, it, it's just – and the other problem is too, obviously different schools will teach different things and, you know, while – say, for instance, you could say year seven is the year that you get taught this, these fundamentals, right? But if you are in a, at a different school in year seven that doesn't teach that and then you start at this school in year eight, all the other kids are going to know – the fundamentals, but you're not. Yep. But there's obviously no – then there's no class for you to learn that in year eight because it's a year seven class. So th- this is where I think you get a lot of, you know, breakage, uh, breakdown because no school or college is the same. Um, they all have different ways of teaching and different things they teach. There's – you're always going to have this real disconnect. And like one of the biggest problems – uh, I mean, you know, shutting down and restarting is, you know, I mean, that's, that you should know that. But the biggest problem overall, especially for students and stuff, is that a lot of the time they don't know how to save a document properly, like save their work. And that can cause huge problems when it comes to, you know, like losing stuff and all that sort of thing. If you like, but they don't know most of the time now, they don't know where their file saves. Yep. They, they always just go either file save or, you know, with Google Docs or uh, Office Online or, you know, even the proper Office apps, they now have got the auto save feature. So when you actually work on something, it just automatically saves in the background. Yep. And all, every single time you make a change, it will just update it. The problem is that people do that and just let it auto save and that they have no idea where it, it's auto saving too. And they rely on their like recent document list to open up the file again. And obviously, you know, I think it maintains maybe five to ten recent documents in that list. But once you go over ten, then the oldest one will get pushed off the list. Yep. And then when they go to open the document, like, oh, I can't find it, it's gone, it's gone. And I'm like, okay, where'd you save it? Like in in Word. I'm like, yeah, but where did you save the file to? Through Word. Oh, I just press save. Yep. That's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, that's that, you know, do you, do you like write on a piece of paper and then just leave the piece of paper on the desk and walk away? Like, do you, do you like write your whole assignment, walk away and like leave it there? 
just walk away. And then when you want to come back to it, do you expect that it's still going to be there? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, you know, you need to file it and put it somewhere, put it in your book or put it in your, you know, whatever, your locker or somewhere that you know where it is to come back to it. Um, but th- that's actually, this is actually probably the problem I see, see everywhere at the moment. Not even just in schools, but, you know, it, it's, it's just management of yeah, your your resources and files on your computer. You, um, you know, that's actually yeah. a fantastic sort of segue to something that I noticed with the older generation, which I can understand with them. They wouldn't understand this concept, but for this uh, young one that come in, I thought they would have understood it. The idea that you can log on to the computer in front of you, save a file, and it doesn't save onto that computer. Yeah. So in this yeah. in this case, it's not quite cloud computing, but it's similar sort of idea. This is a remote terminal into another computer on a server yeah. that's in a data center. But similar sort yeah. of idea that you can save it and it's not actually physically on your computer. And yeah. there's so many people who don't understand that. They're like, I hit save, I saved it to my documents. Okay, show me what you're doing. They go into the terminal computer and they save it onto my documents on a computer that's 1,500 kilometers away. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. you're not going to be able to find that on your computer. <laughs> no. Like, good luck. And, that's, and, and I mean, that, that's, that same principle is what happens with like OneDrive and Google Drive now. Half the time, they're not even saving onto their computer. Cause, and I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I, I, I love cloud, right? And, yeah. and I, you know, we're, over the last couple of years at work, we've been in a massive transitional stage between on-premise and, and cloud. Um, and we are definitely very ingrained with cloud now, and we're still moving a lot more there. We're in, in the process of moving our you know, Microsoft Exchange servers and stuff up into the cloud and all that sort of thing. I love it, but there's still aspects that cloud, you know, cloud's not always the most reliable. Yep, yep. Um, you know, cloud requires internet connections. You know, it, it, there's definitely certain levels of security you got to take into consideration because you're literally handing your data to someone else. And as much as they can say, oh, I, you know, I promise you my data's going to be all good. It's, it's, it's kind of like the whole principle of, you know, riding a motorbike and people being worried that not about you riding the motorbike, but about the other people that are driving around you, that they're going to hit you. Um, that's the same principle because it's kind of like, you know, Microsoft could say it's as secure as possible, but you get that one really smart hacker and they just find a way to, like, you know, get in and there you go. And so, always the big yeah. thing for me too, and you'd know this having known me for quite a while, is relying on remote hardware. I've never been a fan yeah. of it because we yeah. have now and then like at work, for example, I've said about the remote server, the data center will go down and we can't do work. 1,500 case away, yeah. there's a problem. Now we're stuck here just chatting because you can't yeah. do anything. All of our work's on the computer. You have to have certain redundancies in place, really, for businesses to be able to actually still operate without that sort of yeah yep. scenario. So yeah, it's 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 a hard one, you know. Like, see, we still we still do stuff. Well, most of our servers are still on premise, and that won't change for a while. I mean, eventually it will probably, but but we have you know we have redundancy on site, so we can have half the site go down, the other half site will automatically come up with like a disaster recovery site, and then that will actually feed through and bring up the other side other side again. So, you know, if you're smart, you can do that sort of stuff. But when you're completely relying purely on cloud, 
yeah, you have to weigh up the level of risk. I, I guess it's a cost risk, um, you know, scenario in that one. You just got to work out: can you afford to go down? Um, versus versus, do you want to spend the money on stuff to have on site that requires a lot more maintenance? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, there's just yeah, just going to weigh up the factors, the risk factors there. One of the things I always remember back in school was learning what a JPEG was. Like, and I don't mean yeah. like the technical specs of what you know how a JPEG's encoded. I mean like yeah. the teacher is just like use a JPEG. It's smaller and yeah. uh, you know takes up less space and it's you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's it. It didn't have to be yeah. like oh it encodes this way it does this. It's just like yeah here's the difference no. between a JPEG and this one. You know like even like art students that are you know trying to collate all this these photos and stuff into let's let's go for an InDesign document for instance. You know, they're getting like full res, like I'm talking, so let's go 4K photos. And they're all, they're all pulling them all into InDesign and they're, you know, shrinking the photo down. But I mean, they're shrinking the physical house displayed in InDesign, but they're not actually reducing the file size. Yep. Yep. Uh, so you're getting these issues where, you know, a InDesign document that really could be, let's say, 50 to 100 meg. Yep. But they're turning out to be almost a gig. Because they've got full res images in there, which, which they are not being displayed at full res anyway, because they're being, you know, formatted for like a Word documents like or portfolio scenario, stuff like that. You know, like that's the sort of stuff that needs to be to, to be taught because, you know, you're going to get scenarios, especially in, you know, if you get into the enterprise world or anything like that, that sort of thing won't fly. Yeah, because they, you know. Big companies are about efficiency, and you know they have big data. They have a lot of data, and for you to be taking up that much data just because you're not formatting files properly, you know you get flagged straight away, right? Um, especially when you could be sitting next to someone who's doing it right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it's not necessarily the most simple thing, but when that's what you're doing regularly. That's something that you, even if you have to learn to do it yourself, you know, go out of your way to figure out how the best way to do it, something you should do, you should upskill yourself on. Um, and it's not even just for pictures, really. But it comes goes with anything, um, you know, learning about how files incorporate with each other. And you don't need to, like I said, like you said, uh, figure out how they encode or anything like that, but just understand the fundamental that, you know, you get a base file and you start throwing other files on top. It's gonna to get big. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna it's gonna fill up quite quick and and how you can you know minimize that um, and especially with you know restrictions around email and like file size you can send and all that sort of thing. I mean, real. I think the default nowadays is ten meg. You can send through an email. It's not a lot when you think about it. You know, when you, when you're watching a Netflix video, it's like two gig. So it's it's that's nothing, and then yeah, when you compare it to a file size of almost a gig uh, for a, a a document that should not be anywhere near that, you know, it's just yeah yeah. Anyway, you get what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I get the point. Um, yeah. Well, we might end that anyway. It's been uh, yep. good talking to you about uh, the cloud generation. <laughs> I still yeah. that's, did you come up with that or get it from somewhere? Uh, well, I just thought of it, so oh, I guess I go. did. I don't know, I'm sure. I'm sure someone else has talked about it before. But yeah, but that's still clever, <laughs> clever cookie. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining me. Um, 
no once again. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll put your Twitch and whatnot link in the description of the episode if anybody wants to drop into your uh, Twitch streams. And uh, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. No worries. Thanks, everyone.